0: All right, everybody,
1: let's get up on your feet and let's worship the Lord tonight. Are you excited to be in his house? All right, come
2: on.
3: Let's put our hands together and thank the Lord tonight. God is able. We know that nothing is impossible. How many have seen situations that look hopeless turn around because of God? Anybody else? I've seen that, experience. that. We want to welcome you here tonight. We're so excited about what the Lord is going to do. I came expecting something from the Lord tonight. Did you? I came expecting something from God tonight. Did anybody else come expecting something from Him? I didn't come to play church or act church. I came to have church tonight, to be in His presence. And I know that you did too. We want to welcome you. We love you. We're excited about tonight and the ministry opportunities. I'm so excited tonight to, to be ministered to by the music, by Esperanza tonight. I, I haven't made it to a Thursday night yet, and I'm upset. So I'm experience a little of that tonight. And so we're, we're so excited. So get out of your seat. Welcome somebody into God's house tonight, and we're expecting great things. Thank you.
4: is so faithful, amen? God is so faithful and so wonderful. So awesome, the presence of God that's here, the spirit that's moving in the altar, God is so wonderful. I wanted to bring a message to you, the pastor texted me right before service tonight, I want to share what he has to say with you, and it says this, we are still waiting for some tests to come back. We have talked to him and had great prayer together, God is good, still waiting on further tests to come back about the possible bleeding praying that we'll all be clear with that being said I want us to pray if you were not here and you have not gotten word the pastor's nephew Tyler was was in a situation last night where uh, he received uh, a lot of injuries to his head and they've had all kinds of different scares he's he's been in ICU all day and uh, they just run all kinds of tests and they're trying to find some bleeding possibly and God is there with them. He's been taking care of them all day. And if you were here this morning, I'm sure, or if you've gotten word, you've been praying all day. Well, we're still praying. God's moving and working. He's on the throne in that situation. And we want to specifically pray for them tonight before we go on with our service amen let's pray let's pray i believe that god absolutely hears us he makes a difference when we stand on his promises god moves and god works let's pray believing tonight dear heavenly father in the name of jesus god we pray that you would go right to columbus right to that hospital room where tyler's at right now lord that you would minister to his head to his face god to all the situations that he's facing and up against god i pray that you would work out every one of those things lord you said that you sent your world and your word, and healed our diseases. God, I pray that you would bring healing into his life right now. And Lord, as these tests are coming back, God, we trust that they're not just going through a doctor's hands. They're not just in front of a medical camera, that God, we believe that you are moving and that you are working right now on his behalf. God, I pray that you would move in such a way that you would receive glory and honor and praise. And, Lord, you would touch this young man. God, be with him. Be with this family. Lord, and let your work and will happen in his life. And, God, I pray that you would touch our our people here tonight. God, that you would move all over this sanctuary. Lord, that, that every heart and every life would be touched by you. God, that you would have your way. I pray that you would be with us. Lord, that your spirit would move and that your power would happen exactly like you want it tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name and everybody said Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate God's faithfulness.
5: Hallelujah. you may be seated. I love how Pastor Cameron opened tonight. Got me thinking how often we come to the church come to church with a lot on our minds. Come focused on different things and but how we should come on purpose we should come with a hunger to want to get into his presence and we should want to leave blessed and God tells us how to do that he tells us that worship brings his presence says that he inhabits the praise of his people and he tells us how to be blessed he says give and it'll be given to you. He gives us all the keys to be in his presence and to leave with his blessings. And we've praised him tonight, we've worshiped him tonight, and his presence is here. And now, we're going to prepare to give, and he's going to bless us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your awesome presence. It's been here all day. We thank you for a sanctuary, for a place, a beautiful church such as this, where we can come in our freedom and worship you. where we thank you for the freedom we have. We have the freedom to choose you, Lord, to choose to be in your presence, to choose to give to you, Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, I ask that you would bless the offering tonight. Lord, that you would bless the giver, Lord, so we can leave this place tonight with your blessings and your presence and make a difference in this world. Lord, to you be all the glory. To you be all the honor. In the name of your holy, precious son, Jesus, we worship you and we praise you tonight. Amen.
4: tonight I want to just share with you from my heart for a second have you ever needed God have you ever needed God have you found yourself in a place where you're just like I just need him I just need him now I need him in my life I need him in a situation I need him I don't know if there's ever been a cry that's went through all eternity that said, God, I need you, that's ever fell on deaf ears one time. Tonight, if you've come to the house and you're like, I I just need to hear something. I just need to get a touch from God. I need something from him. Let me assure you that tonight that he's here, that he's heard the cry of your heart, that he's heard what you've had to say, that he's heard your prayer, and that he's here, and that he's faithful, and he wants to meet you. He wants to be here with you right now. We're going to sing this song again here for just a second. The the song talks about being a lover of his presence. Let me tell you this. I might say a lot before the night's over, but I'm telling you, everything you need, you're going to find in the presence of God. He has a word for you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to touch your heart. We're going to sing this song one more time, and I invite you, with everything that you are, if you've come tonight expecting and looking for something, I'm telling you, God is going to bring it. Let's praise. Let's worship. Let's open up our hearts and give it, God, everything that we have, because He wants to reach back and touch you. Let's sing this again. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
2: We've come tonight to honor you, Lord.
4: Amen. God is wonderful and powerful. Our scripture for the night, Psalm one hundred nineteen, one hundred five. very popular scripture. Before the night's over, I'm going to share lots and lots of scripture. But for us right now, just to look at the word, Psalm 119, 105, it says this. It says, the, the word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you once again that we are here. And God, that you're here, that your presence is here. Lord, we thank you that your word rings true, that, that says that you would never leave us and never forsake us. But God, you're faithful to show up in wonderful and awesome ways. And God, every time we've cried out, you've been faithful and your, your ears have heard us. And we thank you and praise you today. And we pray, God, that you would have your way tonight in the service. Lord, that the preaching would go as you desire, and God, your touch would be on hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. As a pastor talked about uh, today earlier, in the 1045 and the 830 service, he talked about, you know, the the whole uh, 4th of July thing is over, but it's not forgotten, and it's something that we need to take into every day of our life. I believe that all down through Scripture there's tons of reminders, and and Scripture itself is a reminder of the faithfulness of God, and that we need to keep it alive and keep it real in our hearts so that we'll never forget. So that we'll never forget. But I wanted to to share something with you, and and this is just an observation, and, and it might be completely unspiritual, but but I wanted to share this with you, and I feel like it's a good place to start our preaching for tonight. But it's about fireworks. I'm getting pretty old. I'm getting older now. Some of you might think I'm not that old, and some of you might think I'm younger than what I actually am, but I've seen a lot of fireworks. I've shot fireworks off. I've almost set stuff on fire with fireworks. You know, I've done all that stuff, you know, being being young and, and things like that, but but some, there's one thing about fireworks that is absolutely true, and, and and rest assured, it's been a long time since I played with fireworks, so and I don't advise that, or put my stamp of approval on it. I'm just saying, you know, I was crazy at one time. No, I'm just joking. But anyhow, there's a thing about fireworks that is true, and it is more true about fireworks than I think than anything else. I've seen fireworks all over the place. There is nothing more anticlimactic when it comes to when it comes to fireworks. Nothing more anticlimactic in this whole world. Than watching fireworks on TV, uh, I'm, I apologize if, if that's the only avenue that you had to see see fireworks, and that's cool and that's wonderful. But there's nothing that takes away the energy of Fourth of July like fireworks on TV. And and I bring that up, and, and you know preachers they they go way out in left field to pull in a, a you know a comparison to go on the preaching. But but that's that's what I'm doing. The fireworks deal is is like God's word. Last Sunday, I talked about God's Word, and I talked about how awesome and how powerful it is, but it, but if we have the Word, and it doesn't lead us into action and, and steps to take to fulfill our life and, and be a bridge and a foundation for us and, and a springboard to what's coming in the, to the future in our life, if it isn't actively changing and working inside of us, it's kind of like the most anticlimactic thing ever. It's... I don't know if there's anything more powerful than God's Word, but if it just sets dormant inside of us, it's like, blah, you know, mm, downer, you know, all that kind of negative stuff, and it's alive. The, the Bible talks about how it's alive, and the, the Word's sharp and powerful, and it's amazing. And I talked last Sunday morning about the effect that it should have on a Christian's life. If we've asked God to come into our heart and forgive us for, of our sins, if we pronounce Jesus as a, Jesus. As our Savior, how incredible should the impact of God's Word have inside of us? I wanted to share this, that there is power behind God's Word. The Word is truth. It is something that, that stands on its own. I could be found out to be a liar. The, the most awesome preacher out there could be found out to be a scoundrel. But the Word of God would stand true regardless of, of who has it and who does what with it. It would stand on its own. I think that's what, what separates us so much from so much religion that's out there in the world. It's like, it's like a fast food restaurant. If you don't like that about religion, then go down the street to, to another restaurant because they do it different. Just pick and choose what you want. But, but I say this. I am in subjection to the Word. I have to submit to what the truth is of what it says. It stands on its own. It stands by itself, and it's just wonderful and awesome, and it's powerful. It doesn't matter what, what, what arguments may come up against it. It doesn't matter what the enemy whispers in your ear and tell you how, how wrong it is, or, well, that's not true, or that's not right. At the end of the day, it stands, and nothing can defeat it, and nothing can take it down. You might have a, a doubts that would last a lifetime, but at the end of your life, this book will still ring true, and it will still be strong as it has ever been. And, I, and my point of last week, we were talking about it last Sunday morning, was that we should, if the Word of God is truth and it's powerful as, as it describes, that we should align ourselves with it. That we should be listening to everything that it has to say because the strength that it has, the truth that we find in there, if we'll align ourselves with it, if we'll listen to it and get it in our hearts and get it into our spirits, then the same strength that it has, we will start to take that on. Our faith will begin to grow. We'll begin to believe and begin to change and begin to see the world different. God is awesome and powerful, and when he speaks his word, it's truth. It lays out victory that that nobody else can argue with, and it gives us victory. That takes us to a place where we would not be on our own. Romans 10 and 17 says this, and this is kind of a recap of last week, heading into what I have to say tonight. Romans 10 and 17 says this. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's strength, it's faith that's built up if we hear truth, if we put it inside of us, if we live it, if we believe it, if we surround ourselves with it, our faith will increase. But I want to challenge us tonight that, that it's not just, like I said, it's not just the word, or it's just not in us. But it's something that we take to an action step that our faith needs to be in action and I I believe that's what God is drawing us to that it's not just a word but it's action that we step out on and believe that we're not just Christian because we show up here on Sunday but we're Christian because we believe and we we follow his word and his direction for our life. I believe that we're challenged in that way. Now the, the scripture that I shared. Earlier, says the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. That simply means, if you look at that, that means that there's a progress, or there's a, a process. There's progress to be made. There's a direction that God wants to lead our life. And, and you may find yourself so many times, and maybe even tonight, you find yourself where you followed the word and listen to what it says. And you're like, okay, I, I agree with that. I understand that. Then you get to some place and it's like, uh-oh, but I don't know about that. I don't know about that. The challenge that that God's word brings, the challenge of faith is is if it says it in the word, if the truth is there, the challenge is to step out on it anyway. And we all find ourselves at places and times that are just like this. But God is speaking. God is speaking to us about action. And like I said, you may be at that place where you're like, where do I go from here? What's the next step? There's sometimes, it's amazing, sometimes people are like, man, God's been dealing with me about this sin in my life, you know, and I'm just, I am just don't know what to do, I don't know what this next step is, and, and God just keeps dealing with me and dealing with me. My logic says the action is, is to do whatever you've got to do. Take a step. Believe and know that, that God's word and God's power is redeeming and sanctifying and transforming your, you need to take the steps that you, you know you're supposed to take, take the steps, the, the action steps that God is challenging you. Don't, don't step back. Don't, don't look some other way. If, if God is challenging you to trust Him, then what are you doing with that? Are you into God's Word? Are you looking at where it says, talks about trust? What are you doing? What are you trusting Him with? What are you praying about? What have you actively stepping out on that says, God, I want to trust you. I, I am believing. There's a challenge out there for us to align ourselves with what God's Word says. There's things about our family and about our lives that, that God is speaking to us on, and He's challenging us to. My, my simple challenge is to not just set back on what you know and what you understand as the steps are. Even though they may be hard and, and complicated, if God's Word says it, it's truth then it's something that we can step out on. And every time that we do that, your faith is increased. You get strength. You get encouragement. You get blessings on your life, and God begins to move and and work. But it's us. We have to to take a step and and believe and, and follow what God's Word says. What God is challenging you to, He will make a way for. When He has spoken it, that's your way. If His Word says it, Then that's the foundation that it's possible. There's a lot about God's word. We're like, oh yeah, I trust Him for that. I trust Him for that. Do you realize? Do you realize that potentially the same amount of I try try to say this right. You know, some people blindly trust that they will be here next week. That there won't be a crazy car go wild and hit you on the way out of here and your life be over we have complete faith oh yeah it's fine i'll be here but when when somebody else when we go to the doctor and and they say oh sickness or something like that we're shaken to the core but that but the same truth is there the same god is there it's grace that will help you through sickness it's grace that's going to protect you as you go to your house it's the same faithfulness That God has for us the same truth over his word and his faithfulness that that regardless if the wreck happens or if the sickness happens, the same God and his faithfulness will be there to take care of us. If he has challenged us to us, if he has spoken truth and a promise to us, then we have the ability to stand on it and walk on it. Trust his word and step out on God's word. Step out on his word. I'm going to throw this out here. This statement says this, I'll believe it when I see it. How many times have you said that? How many times have you said that? I really started to think about this today and and sometimes, you know, everybody's, you know, sometimes people feel like well, this person is more spiritual than this person and you know, this person, they, they sang in the choir, so they must be more spiritual than the person out here that doesn't really sing as well. Or, or you might look at me or the pastor and think, well, they're really spiritual, so they're, they're kind of like on a different level and they don't, you know, deal with the same things that, that I do. Well, let me tell you something about humanity. And, and really, you know, sin is this way. Some people think that everybody's beyond, you know, some people are beyond sin. You know, sin sin hurts the people down here but you know some of the people are beyond sin no they're not the most holiest person if they're lackadaisical with their walk it will be no time at all and they will be in trouble and have a big issue the same thing goes with with doubt i'll believe it when i see it everybody's had those feelings everybody's had those thoughts you know some of us are better about stomping them down and praying over them and getting them under the blood that's cool you know, and, and some are not, but we've all been there, and it's something that is a part of human nature. Jesus ran into stories like this in humanity all the time, and I want to try to throw some, uh, throw some examples out there. And this is like, like the whole point of everything that's going on tonight. We talk about action and, and stepping out and believing and trusting and moving. Listen to this story. Comes from Matthew chapter four. I'm going to read 37 through41. And, and just to give you a little background, the disciples are in the boat and the storm is raging, and this is what it says. and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. He was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, talking about Jesus. And they awoke him and said, "Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing?" He arose. And rebuked the wind and said to the sea, "Peace, be still." And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, "Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith?" And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, "Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him?" Now, now I'm just going to throw this out there. I I look at it like this, and And maybe this is really confusing and 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 i'm i'm just a weird thinker but do you realize that jesus could have opened one eye and just been like waved his hand and the storm would have stopped but it didn't happen that way he could have just been like oh no you don't like snapped his finger and you know the the seam, you know all the storms and everything would have ceased it could have been really simple but he got up went out you know it doesn't necessarily say that he got up and went out and got on the bow of the ship and threw his arms out and said, you know, peace be still. But it sounds like there's a lot of theatrics to it. I got to thinking about that one day, and really, it's, it's Jesus. He's awesome, he's powerful, he's wonderful. You know, he could have snapped his fingers back and forth and boom, it would have all been over. But he didn't do it that way. And if you, but the reason why... He didn't do it that way. The reason why I believe he didn't do it that way is because he wanted them to see him. He was building some kind of faith inside of them that obviously woke out of a sleep. He already realized, I'm not going to let you die, that, you know, that whole nine yards. So he does this big thing, and they're like, wow. You know, look at him. He's up there you know, telling the storm what to do. So that, that, that worked faith into their life you know, it's frustrating for him, but, but it worked faith into their lives. They seen. Now, now, check this out. They, you know, they were being very human. Lazarus, Lazarus, Lazarus. I have a hard time saying that. Lazarus in John chapter 11, verse 40 through 43. It says this. Jesus has already been talking to him. A little background here. He's already been talking to him, and he's assured them that Lazarus is going to be raised from the dead. He's already told them this. Been around here, did this already. But check this out. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Because he, he, he fired back because she just said, Jesus was like, roll the stone away. And she steps up and says, Hey, he's going to stink because he's been dead for so many days. And he said, didn't I tell you? This is how it's going to be. And, and trust me, he was a lot more nicer than my theatrics expressed that he is. He was very nice. Uh, it says, and then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, now listen to this. He says this, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he said these things, he cried in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. What he's saying there is basically completely for the benefit of the faith of the people around. He said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to express it this way and made an impression on on the people. He was building faith. He was trying to increase their faith. You know, you always get this sense that Jesus is kind of frustrated. Like, come on, you gotta, you got to get this. you got to believe. But well, that's humanity, and that's where we've all found ourselves. And Jesus, in the end, he always brings something together to try to increase our faith and help us to believe. Now listen to this. And you can kind of see the point of where I'm going. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 says this. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum. A centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadful, tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Listen to this. The centurion centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you come under my roof, but only speak the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and another, come, and he comes. And to my servant do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. What was he saying there? There wasn't a big show. He didn't have to go and do all the, the rigmarole to like pray over him and everything. He said, at your word, at your word. He, the, the man there, the centurion, took God at his word as truth. And the miracle came. The work was done. And the challenge goes out for us to, to have that same heart and that same mind, to take God at his word and stand on it. And say, okay, your word is truth. I can stand on it and I can live on it. And, and watch the miracles happen. Watch the miracles happen. He didn't need to show. He just, just needed to trust, us, trust the words. And Jesus, in the, in the same sense, you know, Jesus looked at Doubting Thomas and he, he said this. He said, you believe because you have seen Blessed are those that believe that have not seen. And basically what he's saying is blessed are those that act in faith, those that will take action to my word. When God speaks, check this out. Sometimes we get caught up in, in the situations that we're in and we think when God speaks something that, man, there's a really good chance that that might happen. But the difference is the truth of what he says when it's spoken and when it's said, it's not a chance that it's going to work out. It's a yes. This is a command. This is truth that it will happen, that will be like I say it's going to be. Man, And then that's, that's what life can be founded on. The truth of what God's Word says is, should be the foundation that we stand on. It's everything that we are. We, we should be overcomers in Christ in everything that we face and everything that we go through. Yes, it's hard. Yes, the, the challenge is there to build faith. But there's victory that comes in truth for us every time if we'll align ourselves with the Word. And we'll step up and say, yes, I believe. Maybe the, the, the answer to prayer didn't happen today. But I still believe. But I still trust. I'm still walking in the faith. And still walking in the truth that God has called us into. That's the challenge that goes out to every one of us. That if we'll believe and we'll follow him, we'll see victory in our life. We'll see victory in our life. It's amazing to have victory in our hearts and our lives. To be walking in line with his word. It's it's like walking hand in hand with him and his desire for our life. When we struggle, when, when we doubt, when we put him off. Man, we just hinder things so much. But if we embrace him and embrace truth, God will lead us and take us all the way into victory. In Jesus' name, amen. We all need to put action to his word. Peter in the boat. And this is the the main scripture. There is so much stuff that, that goes along with this story. Peter being in the boat with the disciples and the storms going on. And here comes Jesus walking on the water towards the boat. There's so many different avenues and different things to to think about and talk about when it comes to the story. But but I just want to share a few things with you about this story. What I find so amazing is is at the end of this little story, all the disciples, they bow, they, they acknowledge him for who he is. They, they acknowledge Jesus and say, man, this man is wonderful. They acknowledge him for who he is. But if you'll pay close attention, before, before the, the whole walking on water scene, Peter, in a sense, has already acknowledged who he is. In faith, has already acknowledged who he is from his heart before the whole scene takes place. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And, and, and I see it like this. Peter looks, and, and let me read the story here before I say too much. It comes to us in Matthew chapter 14, verses 24 through 33. It's a, few, it's a few long, but I'll read it real fast and try not to fumble over my words too much, and we'll get through it real quick. It says this, But the, the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I do not be afraid. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus looked at him and said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And Began in, in beginning to sink, he cried out said, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were with, with him in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Now let's go back. You, you can look at this and, and you can see Peter... And you can look at him and just think, well, he doesn't have any faith because he's like, hey, if you are the son of God, like if you are who you say you are, kind of like throwing out a question to him, like doubting who he is. You can read it that way, but, but really what I believe he's saying is, is he's saying, maybe you're a ghost or maybe you're Jesus. What he's really saying here is, is if you are Jesus, and I know who that is. I love that guy. I I have faith in that guy. If it's him, if it's you, then I know I can get out. He throws out this wild thing and says, I can get out of this boat and walk on the water if it's you. His his faith was was in Jesus. It wasn't, you know, is that a mirage or not? But his faith was already settled in Jesus. There's a lot of things about my life, and I'll just throw this out here. There's sometimes in my life when I think, ah, you know, I, I can't get that, or I won't be blessed with that. You know, that's a kind of a far-fetched idea. But then I think about it, I'm like, wait a second. You know what? That can happen. And it's not based on who I am. It's not based on me, but it's based on him. If it's his plan and his will, boy, he'll line it up, and it'll be beautiful, and it'll be wonderful. There's no limit to what, what he says can happen. What's so cool about this is, is Jesus is talk, talks it back to him. He says... If you are the Son of God, that bid me to come to you on the water. Do you, do you catch this? Do you catch this? What he is saying is, he's saying, at your word, if you say, I can come to you on the water, I'm going to walk on the water. He's not, Peter is not saying, well, I got faith, so here we go. You know, I'm going to go out there. He's saying, if you say, I can come to you on the water, then I will. At God's word at his promise, that what he says is the truth and what he says is reality, he says, you can come. In any situation that we find ourselves in, if God speaks and he says, this is the word, this is truth, we can step out on it and trust it. All glory goes to him, all honor goes to him. Peter had great faith, but I'm telling you at the end of that story, it was about a God that let us walk, let him walk right over the waves. And he showed how much, he was God in the flesh. They showed how much of God he was. That, that water that moved, that you couldn't stand on, became solid just like that when he stepped out of the boat. Now, you know that when, as soon as he gets out there, Peter gets out there, the winds start to move and stuff, and he looks around and he freaks out. And you're like, oh, yeah, great, great faith. Jesus even says it to him, but he even, he even shows us something. Jesus even shows us something in his response about. Peter's faith, he says, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh you of little faith, why did you doubt? If you look at that, what was Peter doubting? What was Jesus ultimately saying Peter was doubting? It wasn't the water's ability to be be hard. He wasn't saying, well you, you doubted your ability for your feet to move the right way. Jesus was saying, it was my word That made it impossible for you to step out and walk on this water. That's what you doubted. That's what you called into question. It's a clear sign. It shows us about where we should stand. And how we should go into action using God's word. Using God's word. Like I said at the end of that story. You see Peter in a light. All the disciples at the end said man this guy is the son of God. He's got to be everything that he says. But Peter stepped up first and said hey if this is you, I trust you. The challenge goes out to every one of us that if God is speaking into our lives, whatever the situation is, might be different. It might be scary. Maybe you're at a place in your life where where you've done the same thing for a long time, and God's calling you to a different direction. Maybe He's calling you to to step out and to share with people in a different way, or He's challenging you to, to stand up in your family and 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 be a witness he's challenging you to all kinds of different things to trust him now is the time for us to stand because everything he calls us to there's a solid foundation underneath of us for us to step out on if he calls us to it and he'll make it possible his truth is firm and his work is amazing and he wants it to play out in our lives i was talking to somebody this week and i just uh, you know, God does stuff inside of me and, and, you know, I don't even plan it. You know, sometimes I'm just talking and boom, you know, there's the Lord show up and kind of, kind of confirm something. But I was talking to somebody about their future and I, it was, it was just this eureka moment. And I said, you know, if God has given a promise that this is what you will be in your life, if he's truly given you a promise that that lines up, con- confirmed with his word. I said, if he's given you, and, and you, this isn't me and all my infinite wisdom. I was just trying to love, trying to talk to somebody, and the Lord used the moment. I said, if, if God's given you a promise of a destination, and he's given you a calling here, if you'll be faithful and obedient, he will take you from here to here. Yes. Yes. You start here with a calling, and the enemy says, Nah, this ain't you this ain't you. You'll never get there. I said, if you're just faithful and you step and you step, I said, there is nothing because the truth are, are in the calling and in the destination. There is nothing that will keep you from getting one place or the other if you'll just stay faithful and stay stay true. And it's wonderful. And, and what's so awesome about it is, is nobody is called to anything small. Nobody is called to anything small. I will I have found, and this is a personal testimony that I have. What I have found in my own life is there has been points and times where I thought, "Nah, not me. That's that's too awesome. That's too big. That's too great. That's so far beyond me. I'm, I'll never get there. I'll never be able to do that." I found more often than not that that that's the very thing that God was challenging me to. God is speaking truth over your life. He wants to do something incredible and amazing. You, and you might think, well, you know, he's not going to call us all to be on TV and call us all to be missionaries. But let me tell you what's so awesome about it. When God calls you to something, when God puts a passion down in your life, it doesn't really matter the scope of it, how small or how big, because the desire he puts inside of you, it's the greatest thing in the world to you. When it's what's right, when it's what you're called to, what it's what's designed for your life, when you have that fulfillment, That's everything. That's everything you could ever want. That's what God does. Don't let no devil, don't let no person out there tell you, "Eh, God doesn't care and he doesn't have nothing going on. I'm telling you, that's a lie. The Bible says so much truth and so much great blessings in our life that we we haven't even scratched the surface to figure out how awesome God is. He loves you. He wants to be there for you and help you. If you're here tonight and you're just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how the answers are going to come. Let me tell you. There's tons of answers to reach right into your life and heart and change you forever. Young people, get a hold of God's word and let it speak into your life. Let it speak into your life. Don't let nobody else tell you uh, you're nothing or you're this or you're that or you're so low you're not. Let the truth of God's Word shine on every bit of who you are and shine on every circumstance and find out the real truth of who God is. You can step and work and follow Him and see all the blessings that He brings. He's so wonderful. He's so wonderful. He's so great. He's so awesome. There's nothing like what comes along with His truth as we follow Him in obedience and make the, the hard steps. They're not all easy. It's not all simple. There's some hard things that this life is going to take us through. But the promise of the truth of God's word is, is that he'll bring you through everyone. That he'll be there with you to bless you and to help you and give you mercy and give you strength and take care of you. Every step of the way, that's God's word. That's God's word. He's so awesome. He's so wonderful. I want you to to get this. This is the last couple of things I have to say here. What's so cool about that story of, of Peter getting out of the boat and walking to Jesus Does you want to know what that was really about? Yes, it's faith. It's, you know, he'll take you through the storm. It's a million different sermons. What's so cool about that is really what that was about. It's about Peter's heart and Jesus' heart. Peter was like, if that's you, I want to be out there with you. I, I know somebody's probably preached this. A hundred years ago or something. But just think about that. Peter loved Jesus so much. And Jesus loved Peter so much. That Peter would rather be out there. Than to be standing in the boat where he was. Yes. He said I want to be out there with you. And Jesus loved him so much. That he wasn't going to let a barrier or something. The storm. Anything stand in the way. Nothing stand in the way. But he said come. To experience Jesus to experience Jesus on the water. When when you're being challenged to to step up and to follow truth and to to stand on his promises, yeah, there's faith, there's all kinds of stuff that's going to happen and blessings and it's going to be wonderful, but every step that you take into the truth gets you closer to him. At At the end of the day, it's like you know him more, you see him more, you experience him more, and that's what... That's what it's all about at the end. At the end of the situation, if you would, please stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We don't want to come through a service like tonight and keep you keep you from being able to, to receive Jesus as your savior just like he was there to, to save peter in the water and to, to be there for so many different people in in the bible just like maybe the testimonies are that we have in this house of how people's lives have been saved and changed jesus is here for you he loves you he's re- moved and worked down through all eternity God out of this love has worked to make sure that we'd have the opportunity to ask Jesus into our life to forgive us of our sins so that we could have a right relationship with God, that, that we could have the life that we were always intended to, and that we could have it for all eternity. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Tonight, that story of love about how nothing would separate Peter and Jesus, that same love that Jesus has. His, it's His love for you. That Nothing would separate us and God. That He would go to the furthest lengths that he, that he had to to make sure that we could be connected again. That's the love of God. That He would send His Son, Jesus, to the cross to pay for our, our mistakes, our choices, all the wrong in our life. God loves you so much that He sent Jesus to the cross to pay for our sins. Tonight you might be standing here and the truth of the word is touching your heart. The Holy Spirit is is using the truth to touch your heart. You may feel like, you may know that you don't have God in your life. That you haven't asked Jesus to forgive you, come into your life and cleanse you and forgive you of your sins. You haven't turned your life over to God, but, but tonight the story comes to you. The truth comes to you tonight for you to have the opportunity to get saved. Tonight, if you want to say, make a, say a prayer with us that asks Jesus to, to come into your heart and forgive you of your sin because you want to know what this life with God is really like and what it's supposed to be. If that's you and you, you want to pray a salvation prayer, I'd ask you to raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I, I want to pray. This is your time and your opportunity. Is there anybody in the house at all hand up real quick and back down there's one is there anybody else there's two is there anybody else it's not it's not me it's not me asking or begging but it's god saying i love you this much that he wants things to be right there's two people is there anybody else is there anybody else Alright, we're all going to pray together and if you would, if you would repeat this prayer with me and if you mean it from your heart, if it's sincere, if you mean it, tonight you're going to be forgiven of your sins, you're going to be saved, you're going to be set free, God's going to do a work in your life. If you would, please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. I agree with the truth of your word God that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins that he rose from the grave and that he sits at the right hand of the father making intercession for me I confess Jesus, with my mouth, and I believe him in my heart. God, I give you my whole life, and I pray that you lead me from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's celebrate. You prayed that prayer today. God is on the scene in your own life. The Bible talks about how he's with us and how he takes care of us, how he looks out for us. He is here for you. We want to open up the altar tonight. And it's, the altar is like this. If our our pastors, ministry leaders, if you'd go ahead and come down, get ready to pray with some folks. If, you, if you're here tonight and you find yourself struggling, find yourself struggling with, with situations and things that are going on in your life, especially if you feel like God is speaking to you and He's leading you, trying to direct you, you've struggled with that, you've, you've had some doubts and you've had some issues. I want you to come, but I also want you to come. also wants you to come if you, if you have victory in your life and you're ready to go on and keep going on and go to the next thing uh, the, the altar is, is like a, you come out for if you have some kind of thing that you're dealing with the doubt maybe that you're dealing with but it's also for everybody to come out and say yes I'm ready for the next step God what are you speaking now what's the next challenge I believe God wants to speak to you about situations that you're in I believe that he wants to speak to you about places that he's taken you. If you would come, these folks would like to pray with you. You can find a place at your seat or somewhere here in the altar and pray. It would be wonderful. The altar is open. would stand with us. If you're praying, you can continue to pray. I want to just leave you with this. Our challenge is to read it, believe it, and live it out. Every challenge that it throws out to you, and, and God will use it, the Holy Spirit will speak to you, you'll be challenged. I guarantee you. Go home tonight. You wake up tomorrow morning. You want to be challenged. Follow the word. Follow the word. Make a commitment. I'm going to follow the word see what God does in your life. It's going to be beautiful and wonderful. That being said, we're in for a full week around here, around Stratford we're back, kind of getting back to a normal schedule after camp and camp meeting and all that kind of stuff. But we've got a normal week coming, and uh, it's going to be good. Continue to pray for the pastor's nephew, and we'll keep you posted as best as we can. And we're going to pray and get out of here tonight and be blessed. All right, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you and honor you. God, where would we be without you? We'd be hopeless and alone. But God, you send us out in a beautiful, wonderful way with solid truth that we stand on, that we live on. God, that shapes everything that we are. God, you're wonderful and amazing. And you go with us. God, I pray that you would challenge us. Lord, to be yours, to stand up, and to follow you in every way possible. God, we pray that you would bless us, protect us, be with us this week, and help us to be the church in the name of Jesus. We praise you and we honor you. Thank you, Lord, for your work here today. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you all. We'll see you this week.